Can you be too good at sales? You might be surprised. Welcome to the Alloy Personal Training Business Podcast, where we'll share our insights on how to make more money, how to help more people, and how to be a better leader for your business and your community. We've been in this game since 1992, and we'll share our successes and failures along the way. I hope you enjoy and subscribe. What's up, Matt? Hey, Rick. What's happening, man? <laughs> so this uh, this podcast will drop in 2021, I believe. Is that right? Do we have the time? Yeah, we don't need to tell them that. I'm just trying to wrap it up. So yeah, <laughs> Matt was like, hey, let's give him an update. Like Trump won the president. Well, no, he didn't. Hold on. Hold on. Biden won the presidency. Like that's how early these were shot. Kanye West won. Yeah, he did. He did. <laughs> Kanye for president. Wu-Tang. Wu-Tang for president. Starting out right. That's right. Hey, man, listen, I want to talk today. I didn't, we haven't talked about the subject. Nothing. Like, this is the best kind, man. I uh, know. We're going to talk about uh, the question or the notion that can you be too good at sales? What? Know, right? <laughs> well, we talk about, um, like, first of all, let me preface this by saying, yes. Well, let me start with the answer. Can you be too good at sales? In the context of this conversation today, yes. Hmm. Now. Let me take a step back and say that there's no one in the world who doesn't benefit from A, sales training, right? And B, a scripted sales process. I think it's in the E-Myth Revisited where they talk about somebody with a sales system, even if they're very talented, yes. is something like 80% you know, more effective if they sell to a system as opposed to just selling from shooting from the hip with talent alone. Was that just because they make sure they do everything every single time. Or mm -hmm. Yep, exactly. And, and most sales systems are built step-by-step step for a reason. Like if you look at our sales process, it's like peel the onion. So you're getting to know them, right? Mm -hmm. Then there's the show them. It's based on brain science, right? The auditory learner, like peel the onion, talk to them about goals, needs analysis, right? Then you show them there's a process. So we go through the FMS. Then we, that's the person that likes to see, like learn by seeing. And then the person learn by doing, you know, put their hands on it, like do a little bit of a sample workout, bring them back in the office. You've won their trust. You've showed them you're an expert. You've helped them learn in all three ways, just because we don't know who they are. You sit down, look them in the eye and tell them what they need to do. But yep. it, it's a, it's an overused term, but it's truly a prescriptive sale, right? Mm -hmm. Now, this question and, and saying that you can be too good at sales doesn't mean you don't have a system and doesn't mean you don't train people to do it. It has more to do with how it relates to unqualified leads is what we'll call them and your marketing hooks, right? So I'm not going to throw shade specifically to this particular marketing hook, but I think it is a good example of what I'm talking about. So you remember forever in a day in the studio space. <laughs> yeah, it was the six weeks free. Yeah. It was the offer. And everybody and their brother was doing it. Some mm -hmm. had really like pioneered it, right? And some, you know, were just getting on board. Then everyone was doing yeah, it. It was like every gym had one. <laughs> six week challenge, right? Six week free challenge. Well, and it was free. So yeah. six weeks for free. And we all know the word free. I mean, we remember that from Predictably Irrational, that great book mm -hmm. that, that you turned me on to. The word free will drive people crazy. Like they'll do crazy things for free, mm -hmm. right? So free is a good word in marketing, but you got to be careful with it. So if you created a hook that said, let's just use this particular example again, six weeks free in my gym. Well, you come in and it wasn't actually six weeks free. It was, you know, put money up front. I think it was like four ninety nine was the average. There was some mechanism where you would say, put money down because we found that if you don't have any skin in the game, you're not going to be accountable, right? So you'd basically be, it would take a really, really, really high level of sales skills and acumen 
to take someone who came in under the idea the free. of free <laughs> yeah. and then tell them that they had to actually give you $500 cash and that there was ways to earn it back. And you were doing it on their behalf because of the accountability factor. And all these things might be true, but the fact is you said free and they came in and it wasn't mm-hmm. actually free. Already started out a liar. <laughs> right. Well, not even that. Again, I'm not even saying that it didn't help some people, but I think what we've seen now that it's been running for a long period of time and right. most most people have gotten away from it. And the reason that they got away from it was because anyone that would fit into a studio-based model, which typically means higher price, certainly in our model in personal training, right? Mm-hmm. Is not going to be duped, if you will or convinced to buy something that they can't afford or that's not applicable for them in their lives or that they really don't want. Right. Right. So if you think about the average member client in our facilities, right. As a personal training, we're going after this avatar literally called a mover and a shaker based on these archetypes that we built. Well, do you think movers and shakers are going to be susceptible to sitting down with someone who's like, Hey, look, I know that it was free, but actually blah, blah. They're just going to be like, cut the bullshit, man. I mean, I run a huge business. I don't have time for this shit, right? Right, Like get to the point. And so I think what ended up happening, historically speaking, now that's been enough time to look back is that anyone that was convinced to buy that hook turned out to not be a great fit for that business, right? For Mm -hmm. an expensive business. I will say certainly, and we've, we never did it here because of this reason. If we are selling to an educated consumer that is smarter than the average bear, right? Which is someone who is in a higher income bracket, typically, mm-hmm. they're not going to be susceptible to something like this. So anyone that we would attract with that ad and actually be able to flip them from free to paid is not a good candidate for our business long-term. As a matter of fact, we might actually be selling a service to someone that they literally can't even afford. But the fact that you've got them in the office and you're so good and so persuasive at sales that you talk them into buying something that they quite honestly can't afford. Now, the rub here, because you would say, well, what's wrong with that? Like you sold it. But the problem is that you don't really, it's not like other businesses where I sold someone a car and then we sell the finance papers to someone else and I'm done with it. See, uh, you just bought something that you can't afford because I emotionally got you attached to it. That's a different, that, and you can say what you want about that. That's a different play. Right. We have to then go and service that revenue over time. Mm-hmm. And we know a big part of the equation, the bigger lever might be on the retention side, which is where we excel, right? Yep. 97% a month retention, which is exponentially better than the industry rate average of 82%, right? Mm-hmm. Well, we would never be able to do that if in fact we were cre- like hard selling or so skillfully selling people that actually didn't qualify for our service. So it would look good on the front end. We would generate a lot of cash flow from that $500 blip, right? Yep. Then over time we would churn back out and end up maybe if we're lucky a little bit better off than we were, mm-hmm. right? So you could say, well, maybe you're putting the leads in front of the wrong people. It's like, well, not really. I mean, the type of person that's going to respond to that ad is probably not even our customer. It sounds too good to be true. You know, anybody that's um, of relative intelligence who can afford personal training on an ongoing basis is not the person that responds to the text message on their phone saying, hey, if you want to save money on your taxes, click here and give me your credit card information. Quick fix. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. The blue pill or whatever. Right. And everybody wants a, everybody wants fast results. That's, that doesn't matter about your socioeconomic, you mm-hmm. know, 
status, so to speak. But at the same time, it's like you would really be selling to a lower tiered, maybe, God, this sounds terrible, maybe even a lower tiered intellect in a lot of ways. Someone that could be convinced to buy something in that manner is not a good, I was going to. I mean, I was a Lord Terry, maybe they just, you know, a lot of our best clients and the people you're talking about are experienced and have been other gyms. And that's why they come in. They've already kind of educated and they know what more we're about and what it really takes. Well, and it's, yeah. And that's a derogatory term. So I take that back. It makes it sound like a jerk saying, oh, these people are dumber than the average person, but that's not true. But I just think when I look at the ideal client for our business, they understand quality and it's like, it's like a, it's like buying a car. We've talked about this. If Mm -hmm. I go in to buy a Toyota, which is a fantastic car, right? I can expect to go in and they're going to ask me questions like, what do you want your payment to be? Mm -hmm. Right. And then they're going to write it on this magic sheet of paper. And they're going to be like, look, can you pay this? If you now, I I might be able to get you this, but I'm going to need you to sign it now. And then they're going to take it and leave the office and go and meet with some wizard of Oz who sits up in some, and they're going to have this secret discussion. He's going to come back and act like he worked you some magic favor from this, you know, Wizard of Oz, who's going to give you this smoking deal and then get your payments down to two ninety nine or whatever that is that right. you want. If you go to buy a Porsche, do you think that's the conversation that you're having? No, absolutely not. You call on the phone. You already know what you want. The consumer right. does a lot of research before they buy these days, right? You pick the car you want. You negotiate a price if there's any negotiating at all, right? Because you know what you're getting and the quality of it. And there's probably not a lot of wiggle room in it anyway. Right. And then they deliver it to your house right. by 4 o'clock in the afternoon. You never had to get out of your underwear. You sign it at the door and you're done. And you maybe paid cash for it, right? Yeah. I think, I mean, what you're trying to say is, I mean, like, our best clients and the clients that I love to sell to were the ones that already had personal training in the past, right? Right, I right. mean, this is pretty much it. So it's like. They already know what to expect. You don't have to pulling over their face. Yeah, but when you look at that still, right, you're still saying, okay, there's still a huge percentage of the population that's not um, healthy, right? Mm -hmm. 80% don't go to any kind of a health fitness facility. So in the future, if we want to tap into that, I would still argue that somebody that's never been to a gym but has been relatively successful is still not going to appreciate a bait and switch type of offer. It doesn't, it, no. it's too transactional. Our business is right. all relational. We've talked about that, mm-hmm. right? So treating the entire relationship from the get as a playful way with high sales acumen to get somebody to give you a large amount of cash the first time they visit for the sake of then funding more mm-hmm. said marketing is fine. And it does create some cash flow, which is great. I'm saying though, what we've seen now, historically speaking, the longevity of those clients is much lower than clients who come in that are educated. They've yep. looked at your content online, whatever that is. They just look at your brand and they're like, this is for me. Like mm-hmm. Porsche is for me. Yeah, whatever we sell that Porsches, is. baby. Exactly. What we do. Totally different kind of experience, right? Premium as opposed to, to mm-hmm. not. And so Again, while I'm not saying sales training isn't important for a beginner, of course, having a sales system that people can follow, very important, right? But when it's tied to a very tricky marketing hook, you're immediately making the the relationship transactional yep. and you're potentially selling to people that can't afford your service long-term. Mm-hmm. And if that's the case, you are going to see a higher level of churn. And so you're going to notice an immediate blip in revenue, but you're not going to notice that long-term groundswell of EFT draft which gets you to a, a million dollar studio business or whatever that is. Yeah, slash brings in all the wrong people into your business. Well, exactly. And so it looks good because right now acquisition's tough and people just want warm bodies coming through the door. I would just say based on 30 years of experience in the industry and enough time to look at some sort of these digital bait and switch hooks, 
that's not going to bring the right customer to your business. So you might be better off on a slower play, you know, plug the dike, get your retention levels to 97% a month Mm -hmm. and then bring on 15 new customers a month, right? To bring on 150 in a month and a half, you can count on a good deal of those churning out, whether your structure is not strong enough to hold them or whether you're literally attracting and then selling the wrong customers into your business. So it's all part of the process. Like your brand starts when people see your advertisement all the way through to how they're inducted to backing it up with the right service, right? And if Mm -hmm. those two things are disjointed, if you're a high-end, high-service, high-touch facility and you're selling with a very hardcore transactional bait-and-switch hook on the front end, those things don't match in your brand. Nope. So you're just off brand from the start and that means you're going to attract the wrong people and they're not going to stay and you're just going to see a high churn and you're going to be super frustrated. So I know it's a slower play. You can do both. I mean, we pre-sold, you know, almost a hundred memberships in two months in the Summerfield location props to those guys. Right. Yeah. But, um, you know, normally with, with these other type of offers, you'll get a similar engagement, but it's just not the right, the right individual. So anyway, that's what I mean by can you be too good at sales? And the answer is yes. And that's what I mean. Does that make sense? Yeah, it's do you awesome. agree? I mean, you sat in that seat for Absolutely. all those years. All right, cool. Listen, I hope that helps you guys. I'm sure some of you guys have had similar experiences. If you have, leave us some comments. Uh, you know, if you like this, leave us a five-star review, subscribe, tell your bro hands and your bro. Your bro hands? And your girl hands. What is girl it? hands? Huh. Yeah, I don't know. Go Kanye. Yeah. <laughs> Peace. <laughs> Thank you so much for listening. If you found this content valuable, check us out at alloyfranchise.com for more information on the Alloy Systems. Also, leave us a five-star review so we can spread the good word and help more people.